I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Welcome to the Myself Podcast. Today we have a very special episode with a focus on Frank Herbert's um, Dune, and more specifically, the music of Akira the Dawn, who's a brilliant individual who's done a lot of great mixing of wonderful lectures and other um, excerpts that we've even mentioned on the podcast. Without further ado, today we'll be breaking down Litany Against Fear. Well, let's get started with this wonderful mantra, uh, this this prayer, right? Right. Um, and we start off with Litany Against Fear. And do you want to go ahead and, and, and read off the whole um, excerpt that we're focused on today? Or do you want to just Well, let's like, just take it you know, line by line. I think Akira Dadan does it a great job there. And I love the cadence and even how they separate the words. So like, why even try to duplicate that beautiful art piece that we just heard? Um, And I think it's great, the pauses that they take, because it really shows significance of what we're really talking about here. Because again, we feel when even you were reading this on the pages, if that was the first way you experienced this, or you saw it through the David Lynch movie in the 1980s, or this was your first kind of intertake with it, it's a very, very powerful verse. And And again, its roots are to the deepest of the deep. And we'll kind of kind of get into that and kind of jump into that. But right off the bat, this esoteric understanding of fear, and we, we've approached this before. This has been a conversation that we've had that, that keeps coming up because this is such a powerful process in the evolution of the individual, is the proper facing of fear from the highest perspective possible and inverting it. Because back from our early episodes, one of the first conversations we ever had was the aspects that fear is just the absence of love. Yeah, we talked about polarity with, with darkness the polarity. and light. Yeah, Right, which is a, a hermetic principle, which again, we're seeing pushed out through sci-fi. We saw this with Star Wars. We see it with fantasy, with the Lord of the Rings. And this is also kind of like a scientist, science fiction fantasy kind of novel that yeah. we have with this. And and again, we're not looking to break down the whole story of Dune. That will take a lot of episodes. Yeah. Um, but there is some excitement because I know this film just got released in Europe. We're about to get to experience it. Um, and there's just, it's such an applicable conversation 
to have now because of the environment that we find ourselves in. And this theme correlates perfectly to these last two episodes that we've discussed together with Noah's Ark and the movie movie nine. Nine, Right. And it's all about facing your fears. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And how do we actually do that? Not so much this brashness where we think we overcome the fear, but that's not the truth. Like, how do we really face these fears and put them through that transmutation process? Right. How do we transmute this fear into love? Because what this is, this is this is creative energy that's within us. This is inspiration that's within us. This is courage, discipline. These are the the fundamental aspects we need to be successful in this five sense reality. And they're staying dormant in us. But we have to overcome that. And that's exactly what this is talking about. And this is the biggest fears and the littlest fears that we have. This is, it's just fear itself. And that's what we're going to be kind of looking at. And that's what we're going to be kind of investigating. And so, you know, I just love how it starts off with that I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. You know, and right off the bat, we have another hermetic law making itself present. Because it doesn't say a mind killer. It doesn't say my mind killer, even though we've already been in this possessive because right. it starts with I must not fear, right? It's the mind. Right. And that goes back now to the first traumatic law, the law of mentalism. I is everything. This, this entire process is the evolution of consciousness. So like right off the bat, that's what we're looking for. So when we're ever trying to discode esoteric understanding and maybe see if there's a deeper message, these are the clues we're looking at. And again, if the student knows the message, he will get the message. The de- it's like an iceberg. The right. depthness, you understand these hermetic laws, this natural law, and just this entire process of the individual unfoldment, this mantra is going to come back to you and it's going to illuminate new aspects about yourself every time you you face it. And so again, we when we see something like this in a modern expression like Dune, it's a connection to that ability that we talked about with Noah's Ark, how this is a, a 12-fold story. We don't really have that ability to do that anymore, but we see snippets of it and reflections of this. And again, this is based off of a very old mantra, right? Oh, yeah. This is this has kind of been rewritten and redisclosed, but it's almost like the Emerald Tablet, where you almost want to come up with your own definition, So when we utilize this in practice, we might not say it word for word, because when it comes with dealing with these esoteric energies, that personal aspect and you making it personal to yourself is more powerful than following a ritual step by step by something you read in a Golden Dawn book. Yeah, I know that we've talked about like methods of of meditation that people ask us about and and a mantra like this is, is extremely special to know how to take that as far as, you know, the energy that you're um, uh, delaying on yourself because of fear, you have the ability to sort of reset and recalibrate with that mantra to right. really tell it back to yourself and actually move forward with that. You know, I know that there's a quote that says that, um, you know, find out what a man's greatest fear is and that's where he will find his growth, you know? Right. And with fear, I mean, it's just, it, as you said, with the, as the mind killer, I mean, it, it's the it's 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 its own energy that but it it works against us you know right right because that is it's just inverted energy exactly it's energy that has not been transmuted and the problem is is this is you under here the only thing that the fear is covering is your full expression and so you are never going to be complete if there's fear within us Mm -hmm. okay and then how do we do that how do we create that 
aspect that we have this internal knowing and this eternal knowing that whatever happens in the external world has no effect on our soul unless we let it. And that's what's another beautiful thing about this. And it's going to show us this example as we kind of break this down. And I really do suggest individuals to go check out maybe the movie or read the book. And mm-hmm. speaking about Akira the Don, because you had those great words to say in the beginning of this, he has the whole audio book with like a music background that he did all these beats to of Dune. And I think it's the first one. It's like 22 hours long. Like this is a an epic book. Yeah. But a great way to kind of get connected with that too. Um, and so always give love and support to that amazing, amazing artist and just amazing individual. And yeah. so, you know, very kind of great there. And so just as resources, let's let's kind of see if this is if this wakes up anything in us to make us kind of really kind of see what's kind of being spoken here. Yeah, I love that you mentioned how he takes his cadence. So the cadence is very important because, you know, I think for us, especially like students that are always reading these principles, the principles are packed with information that can be decoded only, as you were saying, to be ready, but they're so short. And I think what he's done a brilliant job at with a lot of people that he's taken different um, lectures from and, and reproduced them through this music he has a way of putting the pause, letting it sink in, and then right. continuing on. I think that's like my favorite about the work he's done. It's like, okay, like he's not just like taking one phrase and then ending it at a minute or so. It's like it takes and prolongs it and drops certain musical tones to help you sort of like absorb the actual message um, through the way he produces it, which yeah. is great. Oh, no. Especially in a mantra, you know what I mean? Right. Like you want that. Absolutely. You need that. That timing, that yeah. tempo is just as important as the words, right? And the space between the words, right. just as important. And so, yeah, I completely agree with you. It's just like when you, when somebody reads to you the Bible and they're very comfortable with the Bible, it's completely different. Like you can even take like an English major that's a great reader and they could read you the Bible and it's okay. But then you could take somebody who maybe doesn't have much of that kind of academic education, but they really know the Bible and it's a completely transformational experience when you're listening yeah. to them, you know, because it is the pauses, the spaces yeah. in between, right? Yeah. Orators are, are special individuals to be, can actually like really put that sort of like feel inside that right. needs to be um, a part of the information that's being relayed to you. But I don't want to uh, yeah. cut you off. Let's go back to fear. Um, yeah. You know, there's so much about fear. We talked about it in the with, the, with the Bible. I like that you mentioned the Bible, so. Yeah. You know, it's it's in the Bible. I don't know how many times to fear not, you know, and to to call on God and to fear not. You know, it's just in every chapter that you can really find throughout the Bible. It just mentions over and over and over, and they're short too. I mean, I know uh, one of the, the the things I was reading, you know, about fear being the man's like most basic weakness. You know, so it's like, of course, it's going to be in a story like the Bible, whether it's the King James or, or you know, older than that. It's just a known energy that's inverted that you were just saying. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, it needs to be transmuted. It's calling for it. And we're not going to be complete until we're done. And the problem with fear is it manifests in the external environment in a different variation than its source it comes from. So that's what we're going to be doing today, finding the source of this fear right. so we can transmute it at the roots, right? Because fear is the mind killer, but this is not my mind. This is the universal mind. This is your connection to consciousness. Fear cuts you off from the evolution of consciousness. Brilliant. Love is the expansion of consciousness. Yeah. This is the constriction of consciousness. And it's okay to be afraid. 
Right. That's a big difference that people it's, don't understand. That's or not a, don't understand, but it's like, so we're not talking about being afraid versus the We're fear. not saying yeah. do stupid things. Like, right. we're not saying like, well, you know, know thyself told me to parachute without, you know, no, you know, to jump <laughs> yeah. out of a plane with like no parachute. Like, that's not what we're saying. We don't want to do dumb, destructive things. Because if we do dumb, destructive things, that actually shows that fear manifesting even out us. And now we're sharing it with the world. Right. So we have to completely invert that. And so it's that transformation of that fear into love because it's the same energy. It's just lacking that expression of consciousness, consciousness and that expansion of consciousness. Right. And so what fear does is it disconnects you from your thought process, from the higher thought process. So now we're stuck in this five sense reality. So what we're going to do is we're going to see fear all around us because when even our external environment gets scary and we're going to talk about what that is a projection of because we're very responsible for that this fear doesn't need to this fear is going to make us be operating in that r complex right we're going to be in that fight or flight mode you against me what do we see right now you against me you know and so we move away it becomes this me in here rather than this us in here. right? And that's what the higher man connects us to, the us in here. You have consciousness working through you as well. You have hopes, dreams, desires, right? Pain, struggle, all of these things, but we're connected. The higher mind makes me aware of this. And this is why when we approach each other and we, we support each other in each other's goals, because we know we're individual entities, but at the source, we share the same thing. Same thing. The same thing. You know, so it pushes you in this me and here, which is important at times because we need to understand ourselves and identify ourselves, but we're cutting off by that higher mind. We can only process as much as we can in this five sense reality. So what you have here is like that physical scientist that really knows the physical sciences very well, but has no connection to anything beyond the five senses, right? right? So they have a very calcified, compartmentalized aspect and look on life that lacks love. So they might be able to analyze and break everything down, but there's no connecting unity. There's no gold and silver thread that kind of contains everything. Right. Which we need. That It's that holistic, it's the feminine. Yep. Right? And so this fear cuts us off from this ability to process this mind from that higher perspective. Right. Right? Because like, you know, it is, It's it speaks about it. It's that little death. It's that little death of your universal mindset, of you being able to download information, feel, understand, see the bigger picture, right? What that does, what this death does is it creates a death within us. And then because it's this fear, it's going to start affecting the aspects of how we view the external environment and how we react with our external environment. Yeah, it'll, it'll I mean, as, as I think, so I feel, so I act. And so it, it, the, that Trinity will come to fruition with the wrong intent of fear. And yes. that's the thing about enlightenment is that everyone wants to know what enlightenment is, but enlightenment, you know, has that, that ultimate state where, you know, wisdom is found in, in the action that you take and, and disconnecting from the energy of that negative fear, the negative right. aspect of ourselves or of the universe around us as we're all connected through that golden thread underneath the ground. I mean, I think like, I think it's, if I'm not mistaken for any botanists out there, but I think it's aspen trees that, you know, on the surface are all in a forest with each other, but underneath the ground, the roots are all connected. They're all, right. so it's all one big living being above the surface, but you don't even know it. You know, you're like, well, that tree's that, that tree's that, but they're always connected, helping each other out. And we lose that connection as humans knowing that, well, no, there's just 
what's good for me is good for me, as we've said that before, for people who have taken that path of fear, even when we talked about Star Wars, we broke down that sort of like the dark side being that there is no oh, yeah. connection to yeah. a higher force. The only thing is, you know, this evil and this like energy that we can like work on to conquer all living individuals, you know, the box. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that'll move into the box. Yeah. Um, but go on, man. No, I love that. I love that connection again, because again, that's why that movie is so special to people. Right. Right. That's why this, this mantra is going to be so special to people. That's why it's been so special to us, you know? And so it's this, it's this aspect of the fear has to be faced. Okay, because it's it's part of ourselves that's not getting expressed. And this could be from aspects of experiences and maybe trauma that we've had in our past that we've actually kind of calcified and put blocks over. And so we don't even know that we have these subconscious feelings or we don't know that we have these subconscious reactions to events, to certain kind of people, to even potential life experiences. Right. You know, so we actually might want something in our life and we don't even know that we're working on destroying that same very thing that's going to give us peace what's going to give us hope and we are actually destroying it in the background through our unconscious unintentional manifestations right so this is important for you not only to face the fear to fight to, to tame that dragon but this is this is what's keeping you between being the person you know that you can be it's only fear it's only fear you know, and, and this is because it's just so much energy that's not getting its proper expression and it's coming out in ugly ways. This is why people hurt people. That fear has actually filled up inside them so much that now it's bleeding out and it's actually pouring out. Their cup is full of fear and it's actually leaking out on other individuals. Well, the, the world that they've come to know based on fear actually becomes the world that can be physically seen by their own eyes. Therefore, they're always their own worst case in in their lack of progress because it's coming to fruition based on their own uh, misunderstanding of the world. So you can't unconvince individuals because they start to tell you sort of how we talk about those collapsing waves, the way it's collapsing for them in the negative sense gives them affirmation that, no, this is the world. Mm-hmm. You're just on another cloud or you're in a fog and don't know or you're naive of how mm-hmm. awful this place is but this place is awful let me tell you here are my anecdotal evidence based on it. it's like no but you created that like that yes. that's the energy you've surrounded yourself with so the world is playing out by the cards that you're playing with but in this case they're the cards found in the root of fear right so it's just continuously happens i know people like this because you can't unconvince them like they're almost holding on to that energy where they're just like this is um they're holding on to an energy that they're convinced like no this is how it really is and yes. so i'm like no you created that though and they're like no i didn't they're like they're still sort of in like a victim mentality I'm like no but like this yeah. energy is bleeding out of you so therefore you're attracting just like the law of attraction that we've talked about before but it's a different um, source of energy in this case fear you right. know so like your whole world will be surrounded by this whole so sort of action that's coming out of a conscious and unconscious fashion so yeah absolutely the the simple mind bathes in fear the simple mind bathes in fear and and i'm not saying like like oh so you're saying like i'm saying the simple mind that's not connected to the higher mind right because there's a beauty that comes in simplifying your life and living more of a simple life and aspects like that that's not what i'm talking about talking about the individual that 
wants to only identify with the five senses. You know, the problem with that cube is the only thing in that cube is pain and we're going to find about it. So if that's all you're looking for, for significance, for hope, there's nothing going to be waiting for you. Yeah. You know, it's all dissolving. And we'll get to that when we kind of talk about that box. And so we do, we come across this thing of this next line being, I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And again, this is step by step of how you're going to do this. Right. Like they couldn't have written it out more directly for you if you think about the alchemical process. So we have to face our fear. Right. So we see it. So now when this fear rises up, we don't run away. Okay, it's a trap we don't try to escape from. Now we're going to stay in the trap and we're going to follow that desire back. And so what you do is when the fear comes in, when we feel this fear about anything, right? And this is more about like our growth. Like if you feel danger in your environment, don't sit there. Right. Like you need to move. Like there's no courage that comes with stupidity, right? Stupidity will, in this realm, will always trump bravery, right? right? If it's a stupid thing you did, even though it was brave, like that doesn't mean that you're going to be permitted for success. And so what this is, I will face my fear. fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And we're talking about subconscious blocks in our mind. We're talking about our habits we don't want to admit. We want to talk about those secrets, those feelings we have, that stuff that we just don't aren't even aware of, that anima animus projection that we've been talking about in the other podcast. Like, this is what we're talking about. And there's only one way to transmute it. We have to put the light of consciousness on it. Right. So we face that fear. Okay. And then it, it gives us it line by mind. I will permit it to pass over me. So you take that fear, okay? And say it's in Malkuth, say it's at the root of your your chakras. You're not going to be able to transmute that with the same energy that caused it. And right. we're going to have to get it through a higher perspective. So we literally take the fear and you almost want to witness it go up your entire chakra system and beyond. Because I, I will permit it to pass over me. So what we're going to do is we're going to take that fear and we're going to kind of pull it and pull it all the way through the chakras and even push it to the universal divine. And then what we do is we glorify it there and then we bring it back down. And so what you're going to do there is that block, you're going to be down there in Malkuth and you're going to be trying to, with the same thing, kind of be breaking that. And you're never going to break through. It's this hard surface and you're like, I don't understand that. Well, you have to pull up the divinity. You have to do this through the process of fermentation. Right. We're taking it up so that purity happens and then you bring it down with the gravitational pull of the universe and you you have this new baptism of this energy. You have this fall and now you're literally hitting it with force, but you're hitting it with divine force because you took it from the roots and you pulled it all the way up through you. Your access to the universe, your access to the infinite. And that's what we do. We bathe the fear in there and the solution's not there because what this is doing is it's going to come down really hard and break those blocks. Right. And now when we break those blocks, it's not over. Like, what are we doing there? Now we have Noah's flood because now we have all this emotion. We have this archetypal energy that we've buried down from these experiences that we had in our formative years where we didn't know how to process them. So we put them in a closet. Well, this is that key, but you have to get to the, from the divine key maker. Okay. This is also in the, the matrix why they had to find the key maker. Right. Because the doors are locked. So how are we supposed to get that root base energy to unlock that? No, we have to take that up. The, the musical notes. We have to gum from a different octave. We have to let the over self see this because what does the eagle see? That over self 
sees the source. Right. It actually sees where this fear is coming from because it gets this top eye view. So when it comes down, it's not going to be in the experience that we're seeing it in the external world. It's not going to be. It's not going to be that surface level fear we think it is because it's a much different aspect than that. It's much deeper. And so when that divinity goes up, not only do we get this energy to come down to break these blocks, but we get the perspective of where to go to the source, right. which is all we hear about in spirituality is go to the source. Well, it's not just the source of life, but it's the source of your fear because that is the death of life. That's the source of your death. That's the source of your spiritual death. That's the source of your mental death. And even that's going to be the cause of your physical death. Right. Right. And we're, and this is the selling of like the soul, like when we don't do this work. And so we bring it up to this highest perspective and we let it literally go past us. Right. We, we permit it to pass over me and then through me. And so we go way up high and then we take it down low and we follow it back to the source. Right. And we hit it with everything we have because we now have this divine essence. Yeah, I mean, I love what you're saying about going all the way to the top and coming right back down. I mean, the source of our building blocks will come from breaking the major block that's yes. that's at that root chakra. So once you come down with that sort of divine might and break apart, then you can start reassembling. Right. And that's the best thing that you can do as far as once you've conquered um the, the first step to facing your fear and then breaking through the fear and then recognizing it, like actually being able to see it, not so much run from it and say, okay, well, there it was and I avoided it altogether. It's like, no, now you, as you were saying, bathe with it and sort of build from there. And I right. think that's, it's a major step in, in, in life that we all have to face. We talked about this with the seven stages of alchemy. I mean, that's kind of how it starts you know, from the very get-go, and then you sort of make your way to the next octave. So, right. no, I love no, I love that. what you're saying, man. No, and it's it's just it's just so important. And like, again, this is like when Dante's in the inferno and everything is going, and then the the messengers of God and the angels come, and all the demons have to cover their eyes, and that angel's like, no, they get passage. Yeah, they're allowed to pass through. That's what this is. You have to pull in that help. You have to get from this higher perspective. You have to get back to the source of where you came from. Right. Because you're just visiting. So you're not going to find anything of everlasting value on this vacation because it's all in your homeland, right. which is where we're making our way back up. And so exactly. we push that energy up there, right? And then we go and go through me and pass. And when it goes gone past, I will turn my inner eye to see its path. And where the fear has gone, there will be nothing only I will remain. Right. Okay, what is that I? That I is the universal consciousness. So when we take this fear, we put it through this purifying fermentation process, we bring it back down for the energy to crack these these surfaces so we can release this all this this um, you know, dormant energy within us. The only thing that's going to remain is I. And that's what this whole thing is. This whole experience is for you to know you, yeah, right? To introduce I to me and make that full expression. It's that full right. individualization. So with these blocks, we're never gonna be able to fully complete ourselves. And until we fully complete ourselves, we're gonna stay on this wheel. right? And so only I remain, we come back to the ASICs of where we started. right? I must not fear, only I remain, because there is no fear. There is no fear, It's it's our poor relationship to areas where we need growth and courage and progress. 
So we need to we need to see this. And this is why we kind of are working through this kind of line by line. But right there, that mantra can tell us everything we need to know for not only facing fear in the external, right. but more importantly, facing the fear in the internal. Because the external is just a projection of all the fear that we have. Right. You know, like why why does the external world so scary right now? Well, we've been we all been way. avoiding this. Right. We've all been avoiding of facing our own fears. So now they're they're playing out on the screen in front of us. And we're trying to solve the solution, right? We're yelling at the movie theater screen when the projection's behind us. Right. And we're yelling at the movie screen to for the hero to turn around because that bad guy's about to get him. But it's not there. That's just a projection. Right. That that fear of the bad guy's within us. It's these unincorporated aspects of ourself. Absolutely. And so that's the only thing that fear is gonna happen. And if if we don't uncover this, we can guarantee destruction. Oh yeah, a civilization created on fear will die together in fear. Exactly. And it's not as easy as, as to just you know say, okay, here's what I've been fearing the most. Now I'm gonna look at it and let it overcome, uh, go over me and then just move on with my life and it's gonna be okay. It's like, no, it's continuously happening in those structures that are all around us right now, right now as we speak. I mean, individuals living a path right now just based in fear, even though yeah. they have rewards that they consider uh, on the side of, of good, I suppose, in this world, but they're always ready to go instinctually. Instinctively, they're already blaming the, the worst case scenario to be uh, amongst them and about to happen. And that's just like and, uh, the manifestation that comes out of that is just terrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, Mark Passio's work on worldview poisoning. That's exactly what it is. It yeah. poisons your worldview and it yeah. makes you combative. And even an order follower, like you're, you give up your own independence, you yep. give up your own freedom because you're so scared of the external environment that you think you need protection exactly when really the thing you're getting protection from is probably the thing that's causing the pain you know and the fear yeah and so yeah man i love that did you well, keep going no i was just going to say well like finding the peace within finding what really like i always used to say this to people is learning how to die a long time before you die actually physically is the greatest gift you can have because when you finally see yourself from above down onto this physical world then you realize not only how much of a gift it is to be here and what it takes to just live in peace but also how to continuously use that energy to affect other people who are not seeing life from that perspective so a lot of people who are holding on to their physical body and not wanting to die physically just yet live in this fear mm -hmm. but i'm like what are you really afraid of you know what right. i mean so right. Some people witness that whether a loved one passes away uh, right before their eyes or they live through a situation that we've talked about this before where it's a life and death situation and they come out of it uh, still alive. They have a new lease on life because they realize like, what was they so afraid of? Mm -hmm. So all the structures and all the uh, demands of society that you put on yourself are just 100% based on this fear energy that you didn't realize it until you kind of separate yourself. And you're like, oh, I was just doing all this straight out of fear. I had no idea. I thought this was like what I was doing to live my full purposeful life or like go forward in life um, feeling that I'm, I'm on the path I'm supposed to be on. But you realize your path was completely based out of fear, you know? Yeah. You know what it reminds me? It's like, the um, remember the the restaurant in the nineties, the like, TJF Fridays, and they would all wear buttons on there. Oh, like, yeah. wear, like all that flair. Yeah, it's like that's the fear we use, and that's our responsibilities and our social identities. And we wear these pins, and we think oh, that these yeah. pins are so important. 
And then you come around and you're like, hey, you're fired. Give us back your pins. And you're like, but these pins are me. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And there's like this kind of connection. But you're right. We put ourselves, we put so much more pressure on ourselves, you know, in this external world. And we allow those pressures to sneak in and it cuts us off from the source. And right. then we get these little fears of like, am I going to be able to pay rent next month? Am I going to be able to do this, this and that? What does that do that disconnects you from the eternal? Any individual you ever talk to who's living a, a fulfilled path will tell you that they didn't have the answers the the day that they left their job, but they'll tell you right away, but these doors opened and they'll they'll chuckle at themselves and say, Oh, it's just, you know, it just so happened to be, or there's this coincidence. Like, no, you you let universal consciousness work through you and yep. it's opening the doors for you because you face the fact that the dialogue you were telling yourself, which is, again, it's kind of crazy because, I mean, obviously we all have been, um, you know, influenced by by multi multiple different sources of, of media and social uh, 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 pop culture, like influence that that's where a lot of the fears generated from the very young age. Well, you just said something that the reason I'm going off on this is that you said something that I thought about before people talk about well, how am I going to pay my rent mm -hmm. but anybody I've ever met who's either lost their job or had to move on to something of, of some sort of difficult change and shift always made it so like no one talks about that except for the people who really go no I knew I'd lose my job and I knew I wouldn't be able to pay rent and that's exactly what happened I'm like yeah but you knew it so well that you made it happen that way you didn't really like give this opportunity to say like well what's going to happen like what's going to come of this like what's the and i know that's people thinking that's the you know a glass half empty versus a glass half full but you know the guy who who fears not having all these comforts i just feel like you're you're going to shut yourself off from opportunity so you right. shut yourself off from the from the source so therefore it does come to fruition it's like no i did lose my job and i did lose my home and now i'm homeless and it's like no but you're a beautiful mind and a great person i don't understand how you couldn't have just like made it through and come out the other side and and so again people just acting on fear and i mm -hmm. think it just continuously goes down that path I you make yeah you make i think especially when we react to fear not through this idea of taking it to the source and transmuting it but responding in fear you're, they're right like yeah. you're just gonna you're just gonna make that barn fire expand right you know and you're yes. like oh but no but this side of the barn's not on fire but eventually it will be right you know what i mean and you're just kind of moving around in the same burning barn when the universe is like hey i need to take this down to the surface again right you know you need to go to the source and again I love that aspect because it connects nine, but in the movie nine, six, which w represented Pisces and transformation in this other world existence, told it. That's the only advice it said was go to the source. This is how we have to face our fears. We have to go to the source. Like, right. you know, there can be, there can be so many things. It could be trauma. It could be our relationship we have with universal archetypes. We might have the wrong definition created about very powerful principles that work through us in this universe. Right. If our, we have a negative relation on that, it's going to create fear in ourselves and fear in our environment. We have to go to the source of this energy. We have to follow it. And that's why we watch it like an eye and we bring it up and then we get that bird's eye perspective and we see the source of this and we hit that source with the divine will, mm -hmm. right? And this is where we, this becomes the whetstone of our creation. This is where we sharpen ourselves. This is, is through these experiences. You know, if you don't have fear, you have nothing to live for because this is what we're transmuting. This right. is the outcome's journey, you know? Um, but the journey's hard 
because what's in the box? Pain. Pain. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? talked about pain i mean again through the seven stages of alchemy but man there's just so much to it that um that is just so uh god and this and this especially with frank herbert and it's funny that we talked about he said lord of the rings that this movie is coming at such a perfect time in our society it makes me very happy because even though it was written in in the late 60s the, the story as it comes again through that you know that renaissance period that we're in Funny, right now interesting you know, huh? just the timing is perfect you know the 60s and now we're back into the 20 you know in 2020 you know we have this new um this this new form of, of consciousness that we're ready to pick up on the esoteric and the occult and so to to be able to have a movie like this should be very special for those who can understand what's being said and what's being actually delivered um for the sake of our soul's um journey while we're here and you see it very much right now this pain is the source of of this 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 energy that we're all living in right now and i think everybody wants the pain to go away but no one wants to go through the pain right and so the avoidance of the pain is just causing a prolonged process that we're all in right now and and i feel like a lot of people are kind of like when is this going to end it's like it's going to end when you can let go of the things you're trying to hold on to that you think bring mm-hmm. you peace, which are just on the surface. You know, it's like, how do I get back to my movies and how do I get back to having a nine to five job? And it's like, you know, every conversation I've had with an individual is like, I got to get rid of the nine to five job. The nine to five job isn't for me or this path I'm on with this career isn't for me. But now everything has been shook up and shifted. But everyone's like, can we just go back to the way it was? I'm like, right. We'll never go back to the way it was. We must go through this, but we also must know what to use out of the energy that's being generated right now. And the energy, unfortunately, that's being generated right now as a mass rather than of a higher consciousness is one of a lower consciousness. And that's where I think people are getting stuck into that lower self, but there's a way out, you know? Right. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we're at this choice because the old world is never going to be up here. And so this new world's being created, and so you have to make a choice. You're like the caterpillar. Right. Are you going to fight the butterfly wings and demise? Because, again, this this old world is changing and shifting. Or are you going to take the sights on the new world? And so what that comes down to and why this is such an important aspect is because they're trying to let you know what is in that old world and what's going to be holding on to that. And that's pain because that's the cube, and this is this is Saturn's realm. Like as spiritual as we are, and as as we look at alchemy and we look at all these subjects, and they're so beautiful, we still don't forget whose land we're in. We're in the land of experience. We're in the land of consciousness evolution. Right. And it hurts. It's hard. This is not like anything we experienced before. That's why we have a meat suit to actually protect us, to protect our soul because this is such a heavy environment. And the problem, the only thing in the cube, which is the box. So this is the box. And in this scene, 
the main character, Paul, is told to put his hand in the box and he, and he feels an intense pain. And he asks her, he says, because it's this like priestess. And she says, put your hand in the box. And she's testing him. And he says, what's in the box? And she says, pain. And that's, that's what's in this box. Everything needs sacrifice in this five sense reality, right? Even if I eat a plant-based diet, I have to kill vegetables to survive. Right. The animal has to eat the other animal. And if that animal doesn't eat that animal, the animal that doesn't eat dies. We're in an eat or get eaten system. Right. Okay. You're not supposed to find the divinity in the eat or get eaten system. You find the divinity by transcending the eat or get eaten system. Right. There is no hope. You know, that that aspect of in Dante's Inferno, when he sees that, when he's going to the Inferno, it says, leave all hope behind. There is no hope here. There is no hope here. Right. Like your connections you have with people, the beautiful, you know, those those funny eye contacts, those funny moments, the experiences of love, the experiences of joy. That's not the five sense reality. That's finer substances that is above exactly. the five sense reality that you're partaking in. And you open yourself up to these finer senses because that's what you were made of. That's the source that we're going back to. That's what we free up when we transmute fear into love, is the receptors to perceive this finer substances. That's not within the cube. But this is the cube. Right. The cube's hard. The cube's tough. Not only do you have to sacrifice energy, like you don't have to sacrifice and actually kill to get energy, you literally have to sacrifice your energy for a weekly wage. Everything has to be earned. Everything has to be you want this, it's going to take this much energy. Right. It's a, It's not a universal, eternal system that we find ourselves in. But what is observing this situation, that is eternal. Right. What's actually transforming, that is eternal. What are we transforming with, though? What chemicals are we using? Are we are we the alchemist that's, that's mixing chemicals of fear and pain and hate to create our own Frankenstein? Or are we mixing love, truth, and grace? Right. Right to co- to connect our own Christ consciousness. What are we mixing with? What are what, what's the chemistry set doing? How are we taking these chemicals of this five sense reality to create either ourselves up to God or our own destruction? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And so this is this box is only pain, and we have to graduate from that idea. This is why people who have this worldview, and this is why people can t- tell you such negative stuff. This is what they're looking at. They're looking at the pain from this five sense reality. Right. And so there's no, there's only growing out of this. There's only the connection to the higher source. Again, this is why we connect our chakras. This is why we go through that alchemical process. This is why we learn universal law and we tap into that right side of the brain, which is going to give us a holistic understanding, the bigger picture, the alpha omega. And again, we formulate this because this pain is difficult, and this is a very constricting experience if we let it overtake us. But again, we spoke about this in Noah's Ark. The greatest duty you can do is to see God in a universal loving light because this is such a hard experience. And how do we really face up the death of a family member? How do we face up the loss of a relationship? You know, we, we curse and we curse and we're so upset in the moment, but we don't understand that it's for our ultimate transmutation. And why that broke off was there was a fear that we have to go through. There was something we need to do for our own growth. And then when we perceive this, when we go through these processes, when we transmute the fear into love, we realize that there was nothing to fear in the first place. Exactly. Because we're not 
where our soul's eternal. We're part of the source. Where we were told to go back to was the source. And now we've made ourselves back to the source and we've made ourselves one back with the source. So we've, we've tasted that everlasting life, right? From that everlasting spring. And that's the only thing that can nourish us. It doesn't matter what Gatorade says or what whatever this other company says. Like We know where our Kool-Aid is and it's right. not there. It's the water that doesn't want the hands. It's the entire spiritual unfoldment and blossoming of the individual to their full expression. And there is going to be a painful process. There's a painful process in growth, but the pain is needed for the transmutation. 100%. 100%. Right. And so this is what we're going to do. So when we think about this box, what's in the box? Well, that box is pain. Everybody you love in the box is going to die. Right. Everything you love physically is going to die in the box. Right. How do you learn from these experiences? Like, have you ever thought about it when you, when you buy a pet, there's a good chance that you're going to be the one that buries that pet. Right. So you're taking on this love, even though you know that it's finite, you know that you're probably, I mean, unless you're older in life or maybe something tragic happens, but like a dog, you know, you're taking that dog in as a puppy and it's not in the forefront of your mind, but if life goes like it's supposed to go, you're going to be passing that dog on. And it's also, and an, it's a, the, the main thing to focus on is both whether it's a, a dog or a cat or whatever your pet is, there is no line of real communication between the words that we learn here and the words that the animal can speak only love is the only thing that is right. transmitted between the two so the sacrifice or the moment at hand when you take that responsibility is you're also acknowledging that like i'm going to have a universal connection to this animal because i will nourish it take care of it and it'll take care of me emotionally so you have this bind and a bond that you're already like sort of in contract with even though you know you might outlive or will outlive that animal. Right. So the self, it's not selfish as it sounds, but it's like you are making this active, you're actually aware in that moment of that Christ consciousness, of that higher consciousness to adopt that animal and bring it into your home with the knowing of the outcome not being great, but however you take on that responsibility because the reward that is coming is this, again, unspoken connection between you and this animal. And I just think that's what we need to do more as people as well. Does that make sense? It's like, it's like you're not going to be able to communicate with the, like there's just, it's like, it's, it's, it's just hard to explain. Like if, in, if, if you had an individual go, well, why did you do that? It's like, you can't talk to the animal. So it's, it's your companion. I understand it depends on you and it's going to die in the next, what you said, like nine years. It's like, what's the outcome of this? And people will tell you, they're like, no, like in the, the, the time that I needed that, uh, I was empty and I needed to fulfill this sort of heart, um, this heart connection with another individual that doesn't speak the same language I speak, but we both speak the same language of like, what's beyond the five sense reality, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like with animals, that's when you feel pretty connected to something beyond um, our, our willingness to understand like what's outside of this, this box, you know what I mean? Cause the animal doesn't know. It's just like every day the animal is just like, you know, I'm just happy to be here again right. you know, every day. And you're mm -hmm. like, I need to learn from this. And so people do, they kind of sort of go like, Hey, you know what? He's happy. You know, whether it's, three-legged dog or four-legged dog it's like the dog knows no difference because it's like i'm still here like i'm i'm pretty happy like i still got you know what i need you know to live here so i feel like we make these decisions that are kind of interesting but i think we know what the real outcome is somewhere deep inside and that's what i think we need to focus more on you know what i mean 
not just like, oh, it was a cute dog and I bought the dog. It's like, no, there was something more going on in your life, most likely, that needed you to connect to that, um, to that more of a spiritual um, bond than than you've ever had before. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. If and that so, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And so we do, we we understand that there's something deeper here than just the loss. And that's exactly what we do, because we make that sacrifice, even know that we are going to not only be the introduction to life, but we're going to also be there on the departure. Um, but again, the experience that happened are the ending in the alpha and the omegas in this realm, but the evolution that comes from yourself as well with the animal transcends any kind of pain, even though we're going to be going through the pain. Right. And so the love will always conquer the fear. The love will always conquer the pain. And just the expression of love and the expansion of love that you have in that experience is going to far outweigh the pain that you know is going to inevitably happen exactly. because of this realm. You know, And so that's how we kind of have to do this. And that's where the aspect of even pain is going to be worth it for the growth. But the the beautiful aspect is, is it's through that pain, it's through that experience, right? It's the wet zone of experience. And so we take on these sacrifices and we take on this nature of going through pain because we know to be conquered, to conquer ourselves, we're going to have to face this pain at some time, right? The the alchemical process, even this process of we taking the fear to the highest realm and coming down and smashing those boundaries, we know the process isn't done. You're just opening up the floodgates. Noah's Sorry. Ark has started. Here comes the flood. Right. Here comes the fire. Um, and so we have to kind of put ourselves through these baptism rebirths um and it's going to be a struggle but within that pain we're going to come out intact right right you know and so that's going to be a really important part and so um you know we kind of come to this aspect too of in this pain sometimes this pain feels like a trap and i think that's what we're kind of we'll pick up right here um with the remainder of the song right right yeah i know pain is is definitely i mean it, it gives so much of a lesson but more importantly it is the reminder of the beauty that actually is of what it is to be alive. You it's the polarity. I mean? People will, will tell you whether it's through heartbreak or the loss of a loved one um, and a tragic sense or too soon, uh, too fast. At some point when they heal, they realize that they come out the other side, realizing that th this finite universe that we're in is actually beautiful. And that's when people will question that. They're like, what do you mean life is beautiful? I hate that saying. And it's like, no, you just don't understand the loss yet to know what the gain is. You know what I mean? Right. You've heard of animals chewing off a leg to escape a trap? That's an animal kind of trick. A human would remain in the trap, endure the pain, feigning death that he might kill the trapper and remove a threat to his kind. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? To determine if you're human, be silent. It burns. Silence. His world emptied of everything except the hand immersed in agony. He thought he could feel skin curling black on that agonized hand, the flesh crisping and dropping away until only charred bones remained. It stopped, as though a switch had been turned off. The pain stopped. Enough. Take your hand from the box, young human, and look at it. Do it. He jerked his hand from the box, stared at it, astonished. Not a mark. 
No sign of agony on the flesh. He held up the hand, turned it, flexed the fingers. Pain, she sniffed. A human can override any nerve in the body. Man, so we have this this aspect where now the individual has compared the animal consciousness to the human consciousness. And they said how an animal is going to try to escape a trap. And a human's going to wait for in that trap to try to kill the oppressor who set the trap. Exactly. And again, we're not talking about physical animals here. Right. We're talking about the consciousness within man. So the animal consciousness, when it touches this pain in the subconscious, when it touches this heat, when it touches this uncomfortableness, it's going to run away. And that's the animal self. That's the simple man who bathes in fear. Right. Right. So the animal consciousness, this lower aspect of our evolution is going to feel this pain and it's going to think it's a trap. It's going to be a trap set up by the universe. Oh, it's, it's fooled me again. It got me again. Oh, curse this universe. Right. And it's just going to try to escape. Right. Where the human in this aspect that this main character, Paul, is going to kind of represent, and they're actually testing for humans here, the human's going to wait in that trap for it to rise back again. And then that's where it's going to go after that source, right? right? Because that's exactly what we're doing. We're trying to see the root of this. Yeah, what so, is exactly? Right. So he wants to see what's hunting him. And what's hunting you? Your past, your relationships to your subconscious, your relationships to external events. That's the hunter. And we empower him. Just like we are the creator of Frankenstein's monster, right? Who not only terrorizes our lives, but the village of everybody else, yeah, right? And so that's what we see when they're talking about this animal consciousness. We're not talking about like a bear in a trap. We're talking about the bear and man in the trap. How's he going to react? They're going to flare. They're going to try to get all over the place, yeah, right? It's like the aspect of um, that animal consciousness. I kind of like to put it towards the drunkenness of life, right? Because we kind of feel like that aspect of we're almost drunk. And it's like that story of the pearl where the, that prince leaves the kingdom of the East, right? Which is the rising sun. And he comes to this new land. And right when he gets to this new land, they give him a drink and he forgets everywhere who he was. And he has this like life of drunkenness. And that's exactly what this animal consciousness is going to be do. Like watch what happens when animal consciousness in humans is in a painful situation. Just watch like, we're like all kind of drunk. We don't even know who we are. We don't even know that we're actually from the source. Like watch a drunk person do anything, let alone handle pain or a scary event. Oh man. That's you know what worst. I mean? Cause what happens when you have drunk people in a crowded event where there is, might be a panic. It's worse. Like I've seen a drunk person have a war with a door. Like, cause they couldn't get it open and every time they did it hit them and stuff like that. And I, we helped them in and they were like, you know, thumbs up. Yeah. They were great energy. But imagine this, this animal drunkenness that comes on us is when we live in this five sense reality, when we're in the R complex, right. cause that drunkenness is adrenaline and you think everybody's out to get you and everything's a fight and it's me versus them. You know what I mean? And this whole aspect is, is created. And so this human consciousness knows that this pain knows that this trap that we're in is going to get them the next time. It's going to get higher consciousness. And so we sit and we wait and we become right. the observer and we become the hunter of the hunter. Right. Yeah. And we look at inverting that energy because again, with that pain is unexpressed love and love again, as just the evolution of consciousness, the expansion of consciousness. Right. And so we go through this scene. Um, and before I, I, before I kind of move on, 
my man, do you have anything that you want to kind of jump in on that? No, I love everything you're you're saying and breaking down. I feel like I'll just reiterate with with uh, examples that are that are very obvious based on other things we've talked about throughout the series. And um, I think what the what you're saying is 100 percent correct. Though I really always like that we go back to the point of what you just made, which is, you know, the the you know hurt people hurt people, right? Yeah. And so that energy is constantly working around um, the individual who hasn't you know, taking the step to go above that R complex and always live in that R complex. And again, it's important to have, you know, your adrenal glands help you in a situation like a fight or flight, but to have it completely on at all times. I mean, not only is it detrimental to your life, you know, as far as like stressing your cells and the cellular system that you have, but also dimming the light that you need to see and follow in order to raise yourself to another level of consciousness. So when you meet people like that, they'll tell you, I don't see what you see. And you're like, no, but it's there. And they're like, no, I, I just don't see them. Like they've literally haven't taken a step forward enough to see that there's something beyond the darkness that they've created as far as like a veil over their eyes. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I, I, what you're saying is exactly, I mean, what I hold up to, to be true. And, and, and I try to, to work it out myself. I know I have a family member who, um, is going through this and uh, she's married to, to someone very dear to me. And, um, and rather than being combative with her, which is what she's asking for from me, I just send her love. Every time I see her, I literally say a meditation. I said, I send you love. And I hope that we can one day meet in a place of love. But man, I mean, even just putting my, my hand on this person's physical body uh, she rejects it right away. You know, it's like, no, I don't, I don't need your compassion. I don't need your pity. I don't need your, um, I don't need what, what you, whatever it is that you think you can give me. And I'm not trying to give her anything. I'm just trying to let her know it's okay. Right. But again, every individual has got to go through their own path of, of finding out that it's not, it's not the world. It's the world you've created. Yep. You know, it's your relationship with it. Right. You know, and it's, I know I've said this quote a couple of times now in a couple of weeks in a row, but I just love it. It's just like the bees can try to tell the flies that honey's better than shit, but doesn't mean the bee, the flies are going to listen. Right. You know what I mean? And that's the kind of this aspect that we kind of, we kind of find ourselves in. And so, you know, we, we go through this aspect, we go through this painful thing and we really kind of have to kind of adjust the, the lens of life that we have, um, and so he's going through this aspect and he's feeling all this pain, he's feeling on this burn. And then right when we're at that limit, right when the universe, we think we're at that point that we can't survive this anymore, you know, and thoughts of, you know, terrible thoughts kind of come in our mind and we lose all hope. What happens? She tells him to remove his hand from the box. And in the book, again, because the Kara uh, Don did such a beautiful play, he kind of has to cut it to make it fit the song. But there's this deep fear. And Paul, the main character, because he doesn't want to pull his hand from the box because the experience he just went through, he doesn't think there's anything there. He thinks right. his entire hand has burnt off from the inside out. Like it's a really, really um, traumatic scene to watch, but you know it. You felt this before, not so much in this case, but this is what happens when you put your hand in the box. And also remember, he puts his right hand in the box, which is our connection to divinity. And that's kind of what's that's what really hurts. That's what really hurts when the world doesn't live up to our expectations. It's that inner source. Like that masculine side is just like, oh, it's I'm going to get mine. But like right. that right side, we lost hope in the world and that's what hurts. The world's not too yeah. like our, our looking and our liking, you know? And so he's so terrified. And then he pulls out that right hand of divinity 
and there's not a scratch. Right. That's fine. And what this represents is your soul is unscathed. You're the only one that can hurt your soul. You're the only one that can diminish your soul. You're the only one that has access to it. Right. They can take your body, they can torture your physical body, but they can never touch your soul. And that's what we're going to be kind of looking at. You know, and that's why, again, why his right hand was in there. If it was his left hand, it wouldn't burn as bad. Yeah. Right? Because the right hand is the connection to divinity. That's why you put your wedding ring on your um, left hand, right? Right. And because that connects the um, the rings and it makes you a complete cycle. But exactly. it, it closes off that circuit. Right. It's now a connected between the left and the right and that it's making that, it's connected the, the circle. The, it's just that energy is creating now within the two. Um and so there's this there's this beautiful aspect of like why it was the right hand, but he pulls it out and it's unscathed. Right. And this is like the biggest lesson because again, we have this meat suit for this evolution of our consciousness. And nothing, nobody can hurt your soul. Nobody can buy your soul unless you sell it. That's why there there's literally like when they talk about oh, I sold my souls, like there's literally like this contract process that goes because you can't just give it. You can't just do that. It's yours. It's it's the only thing you own. Right. It's the only thing that's coming with you. This is not only the recording of all your experiences in this life, but what came before, but it's also that fire of life. And it's also how you attract in this life. It's the most important unit you have. And it's unscathed by the fires of, of life. And we can transcend that. And she talks about it, how humans can turn off any nerve in their body. And that means we can do anything we need to do for our survival and not just physical. Like you hear these amazing stories about physical survival, right? But this is about your soul survival and you will face any pure fear that you need to and pain you need to, because you know, that's how your soul is going to be set free. And that's what she's looking for. Right. Um, It's just such a powerful moment, man. I think this, that Frank Herbert and the way how you wrote this, um, it's just such a way of expressing this process that we're going through right now. And I think that, you know, if we were living in, you know, sometimes people think, well, how do I avoid the pain or how do I know I'm in living in pain? It's like this, everyone says like, you know, with the difference between something that's that's difficult and what comes easy. And right now, a lot of things are coming very easy. And I think that's where we're distracted. Our, our actual soul is actually um, taking a journey that's prolonging the process of what we need to go through to reach sort of this divine um, surface or this, this divine area above the surface that we're at right now. But it's hard with all the distractions that are upon us as as we live in this five sense reality. And I think they're making us think that we are gods on this planet right now. And this, and this is it. You die here and there's nothing beyond that. And uh, it's going to be a long time before people can kind of like pull themselves away from that uh, distraction because there's more of it coming every, you know, mm-hmm. every, it seems like every day, every minute, you know. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I completely agree with you. They're bombarding us, but also like, you know, the that was kind of what the 2012 Mayan calendar was always bringing up too. Yeah. Like that was the best explanation I ever heard from it was just like, oh no, bullshit's just not going to work the same exactly. after 2012. And like, what do we notice? Like even like party people who have been just so allegiance to their party and just kind of go with, you know, voting for the party, even them, they're like... This this political rhetoric isn't doing it for me anymore, yep. you know? And even like the celebrity worship is like, is, fading. is it's fading and it's like merging with like, you know, it's really like 
the merge of a line of what even a celebrity is is merging because now like a kid could become a celebrity at home. Like not so much like maybe 10 years ago on YouTube because YouTube's pretty controlled at this point. Um, your lizards. And, um, <laughs> lizards. and um, but again, still that's, it's this whole aspect of um, that old world is fading. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know it I definitely mean? happened in 2012. I mean, some people felt it, some people are feeling it right now, but it's going to keep going as far as like the way it's like being, um, how it's crumbling but as it's crumbling they're also trying to patch those holes up with new sources of well, uh, their feet are dug in yeah because they don't want to go they, they, they don't want to kind of give they up don't want to lose right? that power yeah. yeah yeah um you know and then there's the other class of people who are saying actually no this this energy is doing it to push us through transformation yeah you know? and so there's that other lens of how these this social engineers, again, it's up to you on where you kind of view that but some of it's not just like oh these people are some people think it's like this almost alchemical cleansing process that's happening on the whole. But again, you, we can, we don't really give up conclusions here. We just kind of love kind of putting up information. Um, I mean, so, but it's just interesting. It's interesting where we find ourselves in. Absolutely. Well, this is, I mean, again, I feel so fortunate and blessed to be able to even have an opinion on such, you know, uh, cultural shifts and finding what means of, uh, of law uh, or what means of, of source that are out there will help us govern our lives based on something that we know lies in truth versus what has been told to us for so many years. Right. And I feel like the ability to have those antennas up right now is very much, um, it's, it's, it's a very dominating thing right now, especially, yeah. I mean, our listeners alone, I mean, they, they listen to what we have to say, not because of, how we say it or, or at least because, you know, we're not saying anything that you don't know and nothing new is under the sun, but you're, you're wanting to connect with a community that also has these kind of perspectives on how we're breaking down, um, the old and bringing in the new, um, through means of truth. Yeah. You know, it's the us and love. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I completely, completely agree um and so we're gonna have to go see dune together man when it comes yeah. out in the theaters here, oh, i can't right? wait man i made an announcement like what was it like last week i put like in the last month and people know this from patreon um and they know this from like the alchemical counseling like technology is not my thing but i put a group message together and i said know thyself we're taking all the know thyselfians and we're gonna go to dune and we're gonna go see right dune. and i made all these big plans and then we was it you or johnny was just like yeah i'm yeah. totally down but that movie doesn't come out we for like to, another uh, month go to europe yeah we would have to go to europe um but now the time has come across right, right look right. at how father time has made our way yeah and now it's here um and so we're gonna kind of check this out so be on the look for patrons i think we're gonna do a pretty big um segment there um but again Big thank you to everybody for sharing the information, um, sharing the podcast, um, checking in with the network, really just, um, you know, writing reviews too. We've, I know we've had some really great reviews written. That's, that's so important. That's what kind of pushes us up into the spotlight and kind of makes this community every, even bigger. Absolutely. Um, and it's just such an amazing thing. And a big shout out for all the alchemical counseling members. It's been so cool to be able to meet them on this like one-on-one aspect and you, you know there's there's bonus days if you book it on like a friday there's a chance that i might you might get a, a glimpse at the great eduardo <laughs> i do him at his house on fridays um and so oh, that's really sweet. cool and if you ever want to just because i have had some where they're like 
hey, I just want to have a conversation. Like I've had natal chart, a lot of it's natal chart reading. Right. right? But I have had people just be like, yo, like I just want to chat with you and I almost do like yeah. our own personal podcast. If you, uh, if it is on a Friday and you want to request Eddie Eduardo, we can, we'll, I'll, yeah. we'll figure out like a time and I'll, I'll put it out there maybe like once or twice a week that maybe we could do a, a little duo and have a chat with you guys. Yeah. Let us know, um, on the website at knowthyself.org or let us know, uh, at info at know thyself. Um, I'm always here. You know, I, I try to give as much space as I can to Daniel. Uh, I feel like sometimes when we both have these conversations, my guy over here like does a wonderful job, like especially with this episode of doing a breakdown that doesn't really require anything for me to kind of like put my input on, not because I don't feel like I don't have anything to say, but because sometimes it's best not to say anything when it's such good things are coming out. But if you ever want to have this conversation with me, um, We'll set something up soon enough where, you know, we can do uh, a conversation. If Daniel's busy with the alchemical counseling, I'd be ha- more than happy to just have a chat with you. I'll give you an hour of of the day and um, we can kind of go back and forth to the, I know a lot of people ask questions about, um, you know, our origin. There's actually a, a couple of podcasts that have interviewed us and asked like how we've come about and how, where we get our material from. But if there's something you're looking for, like we're here, you know what I mean? Just let us know. Um I may not be doing any natal charts, but I'd be happy to just sort of like give you a, a different perspective on where we're going with the network and what will come for the future as a whole, right? Cool. So uh, so I'm here as well. So uh, anything else you want to add to that, man? No, I think that's good. Thank you again, all patron um, for creating everything. You are the you are the roots that we're able to kind of grow from. And so super thank you there. And uh, yeah, I guess until next time. Cool, man. Until next time. Fear is the mind killer. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. When it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. Past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box?
heard of animals chewing off a leg to escape a trap? That's an animal kind of trick. A human would remain in the trap, endure the pain, feigning death that he might kill the trapper and remove a threat to his kind. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? To determine if you're human, emptied of everything except the hand immersed in agony. He thought he could feel skin curling black on that agonized hand, the flesh crisping and dropping away until only charred bones remained. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Pain. Pain. What's in the box? had been turned off. The pain stopped. Enough. Take your hand from the box, young human, and look at it. Do it. He jerked his hand from the box, stared at it, astonished. Not a mark. No sign of agony on the flesh. He held up the hand, turned it, flexed the fingers. Pain, she sniffed. A human can override any nerve in the body. Ever sift sand through a screen? We Bene Gesserit sift people to find the humans. Paul felt that he had been infected with terrible purpose. He did not know yet what the terrible purpose was. you test for humans to set you free to set you free free once men turned their thinking over to machines in the hopes that this would set them free that only permitted other men with machines to enslave them. Thou shalt not make a machine the likeness of a human mind. <laughs> <laughs>